This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning prop firm, Fidel Crest, and is for entertainment purposes only. Even that, going back in the contest in 2020, when as time went on, I'm like, why am I wasting my time with other things other than the pound yen? Like, you can trade just that, or I could trade 5, 10, 15 versions of that. So I'm diversifying in a way, but I'm diversifying on something that actually moves. You know, it's right. no different than the stock market. If you want stuff to move, you know, how about looking at something called Tesla, perhaps, right? And all of that research is better than buy and hold on any way you look at it. Anyone who likes buy and hold, just do a little research. You'll find that and it's some sort of trend following beats it by three to one, depending on the research you're looking at. If you're going to be a trend follower, put it on something that trends. Mm. And, and I didn't know why I was messing around with the Euro chef, for example, when the pound yen was literally 20, 30, 50 times better. And then my third one is, and it's the best back testing method ever invented. And we're going to reveal it here with just me and you. And that is episode 218. Right, folks, we've got Scott Welsh back on the show for a third time now. If you don't know who he is, he came second in the Forex Trading World Cup, probably the hardest trading competition out there. And he took it again last year. You're going to find out how he went in uh, that cup, as well as we dive deep, deep, deep into what he does to come up with strategies to approach not just the cup, but just trading in general. Now, there's information in here for you algo traders, you manual traders. There's a ton of stuff in there for you guys as well. And uh, if you are looking, if you're a manual trader looking to get into algo trading then I want to tell you about three things that I've got going on there on my robot builders club so the things expanded we've got a one dollar trial so if you want to check that out go and click the links down below the video you'll clearly see it on the podcast description uh, we've got a one dollar trial on my robot lab live we've got the boot camp where you can quickly if you're a self-starter get going yourself and then also we've got the robot builders club the big main thing where you get the full-on treatment uh, we're doing weekly live calls we're having a great time over there there's another thing as well where you can actually get funded uh, completely automatically so go and check all of that stuff out there over on trading that links under the video or podcast description right now a couple of other things that i want to tell you about before we dive in i've got a video coming up where i try and make five grand in a week using scalping software inspired by a Singaporean HFT prop firm. So that's coming up. Be sure to check that out. Also, on the live streams, we've got a couple of guys going for it, and you guys can take a part in this as well. They're going to try and pass the 50K funding funded challenge for Fidel Crest. Okay, so if they pass it, they're actually going to get a thousand bucks each. If you guys want to take part in that, I'll put a link to the entry form below the video or podcast description here so you guys can dive in there and take part in it as well. You've got to come on the live stream, which is the kind of cool thing because everyone else gets to take part in it as well. All right, folks, enough from me. Let's get on with this interview. Fidel Crest is an award-winning prop firm that funds traders with up to $2 million and offers generous profit splits up to 90%. So one thing that really sets Fidel Crest apart is their no minimum trading days requirement on their challenge and verification stages. On top of that, traders who successfully pass the challenge and verification stages are eligible to receive a bonus payout of up to 30K on top of their funded stage profit split payout on performance. And be sure to use promo code TRADINGNUT, all one word, to get 10% off your next challenge. Click the link in the description below or the card above to find out more. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got a familiar face in the house. We've got Scott Welsh back on the show. He's been on it a couple of times before. Last time you uh, you were, had just placed second in the Forex Trading World Cup, and that was about two years ago, almost to the date of this, uh, of yeah, of to today's date. So welcome mm -hmm. back to the show, Scott. I know it doesn't seem like that long. I, I miss talking to you, so I'm glad to be back. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem that long. It doesn't. I, I think that whole pandemic thing just it just like shrunk time for everyone. Yeah. Um, so, so you, time warp. yeah. So, so you play second, mm-hmm. uh, which is a phenomenal achievement for that forex trading World Cup. You then, I found out just before, have had another crack at it in the mm-hmm. past, like year for the next one. How did that go? And what what sort of what what learnings did you take from that second attempt? I don't know why this popped in my head, but there's a scene from an old movie, Glory, with Denzel, a young Denzel Washington, and they're in a tent, and it's a Civil War film, and they're in a tent, and people are saying, you know, what'd you do? And these are down-on-the-luck people. They're soldiers, you know, coming from the country, whatever. And Denzel, they said, what'd you do? He goes, well, I ran for president. And everyone kind of said, what? He goes, didn't win, though. (laughs) But, you know, that's what that question reminds me. I did I did run last year. I did run it back last year. Um, through March, I think I was in the top five at one point. Right. And then uh, just didn't happen. It just faded. I stayed very flatlined the rest of the year. Uh, faded a little bit at the end. Made money, but alas, I did not get the top five. I was so sad. I cried for a month. And, and did you uh, use the same strategies and stuff you'd used in the prior one when you play second or was it different? No, <laughs> I had a brand new robot that I was so excited about. Um, the testing on it was great. It had been doing, you know, doing well right before uh, 2022 started. Uh, I had never in any of my systems used any sort of money management. So meaning one trade, you're in it to the end. Don't take any off. Don't scale any back. Don't, you know, don't lag in or leg in. So this one actually, you know, scaled out a little bit and it scaled out when you won and it scaled out when you, a little bit when you lost. And I was just so excited about it because it, as you might expect, it eliminates drawdown or at least doesn't mm. eliminate, but it cuts it down quite a bit. So the ones I use for the contest that I did well uh, big stop losses and you just let it run and you can take bigger losses, but you can also get huge wins. And of course, when you start scaling out, then you take a little bit here, you take a little bit here. Yes, your wins are smaller, but oh, a trade that turns around, you know, now I made a little bit of money. I was just excited about it. And for three months, it was doing okay. Uh, but it turned out that was not the one to use in 2022 for whatever reason. Uh, Bank of Japan started messing around with the pound yen. So did the Bank of England for that matter. And scaling out and not going for big wins, um, it didn't work that great because it turned twisty. So I never really got a big win and I got a bunch of smaller little wins and I got pecked out a little bit and ended up. So I would have done better with another strategy. I actually might have contended, but I wanted to trade this so bad because I loved how it traded and it just didn't do as well. I I, I made a joke on my free newsletter or whatever. I had 14 strategies at that point that I loved. And the one I picked in the contest was 14 of my 14. <laughs> oh, picked, right. Number 14. I picked 14. the absolute worst oh. one. So, yes, I beat the stock market. I made money. Nothing to cry about. But it was tough to see some of my other strategies do very well. And, and then I picked the new one that that then, eh, was just eh. <laughs> Okay. Well, what we're going to do today, folks, is we're actually going to sort of dive into a lot of uh, what Scott does around picking these strategies, finding them. He's got 14 of them, as you've heard. Uh, now, if you are not an algo trader and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to turn this off, don't turn it off because there will be a whole bunch of stuff in here that you'll actually probably pick up and find that it's going to be useful for your manual trading, for your statistical stuff, analyzing what you do and all that sort of stuff. So 
Um, even though we are going to dive deep, it is going to be very, very useful. And I promise you that much. So to start off with, um, I've watched a few of your videos recently and seen how you go about selecting a strategy that is something you're going to possibly, you know, move forward into the next phase. Now, you've got a unique method whereby you just run it. And if it works without any tweaking, you're just going to, and it works across a number of different currency pairs, you're going to run with it, right? Is this something that yeah. you keep, you still do? I mean, is, is this your sort of approach or can you explain your approach now? Uh, it's pretty similar. Yes. Uh, there's only one minor change that I've made lately and I've written a lot about it, maybe even talked about it too on, on the YouTube channel. Um, but that's exactly, you're exactly right. I like to find general principles that are timeless. So you're looking at trend following, right? Trend following is the most tested. We have, we have trend following data going back 500 to 1200 years, right? Where if you buy something that goes up and it seems to work. And all of that research is better than buy and hold on any way you look at it. Anyone who likes buy and hold, just do a little research. You'll find that and it's some sort of trend following beats it by three to one, depending on the research you're looking at. Okay. So I like to start with that trend following. I want to follow trends somehow. And what I like to do is once I go through a strategy that follows trends, that gets big targets, I don't like to mess with it at all. I want that to trade for years, literally, for, for years and years and years. And I used to then take those settings and put them across a bunch of different currency pairs or even not currency pairs in the stocks or futures, you know, the same concepts. And I wanted to see proof of concept, generally speaking. Um, but now recently, I've gotten really tired of putting it on a bunch of different currency pairs. Um, I, my feeling is if you're going to be a trend follower, put it on something that trends. Mm. And, and I didn't know why I was messing around with the Euro chef, for example, when the pound yen was literally 20, 30, 50 times better. So right now I don't look at other currency pairs. I mean, barely. I look at the Euro yen sometimes, look at the Euro dollar, but my whole life and all my money right now in Forex is one thing, something that trends, and that's the pound yen. Right. So, because I was going to ask the question, because Forex is typically mean reversing, right? So it yeah. it doesn't typically trend because it's a current, you know, their currencies. Now, right. So, so you've you sort of distilled it down to just trading one market in the Forex space. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've done, I've tested them all and, you know, you can, you can see the deep dive in the rabbit hole you can go into. You got at least 21 to 30 that are viable pairs to mess around with. I mean, <laughs> you start testing them all and then, okay, well, I want this to work over there, but I want this to work over here. And finally, I just got tired. I'm like, I'm, even that going back in the contest in 2020, you know, I, I, when, as time went on, I'm like, why am I wasting my time with other things other than the pound yen? Like you can trade just that, or I could trade five, 10, 15 versions of that. So I'm diversifying in a way, but I'm diversifying on something that actually moves. You know, it's right. no different than the stock market. If you want stuff to move, you know, how about looking at something called Tesla, perhaps, right? <laughs> why don't you put a trend following strategy on Tesla rather than something else that just a dividend stock, for example, not yeah. anything wrong with that. So that's a long way of saying uh, I like uh, my strategy to work simply and be timeless. But right now I'm focused just on the pound yen. So does that mean, because I, I mean, in the video I saw you, you had like, you know, 15 or 20 odd pairs that you were 
you were testing against and you know you'd found a strategy that worked across most of them it made money across most of them across maybe 10 years or something like that mm-hmm. now with that approach how do you sort of bring that back to the pound yen are you just looking for something that works on the pound yen now and you've scrapped all the other pairs is that what's you, you you hit it exactly I used to run, uh, I got some software um, that would run tests across many, many pairs. And so I'd run an idea and I'd run our cost 20. Oh, look at the results. Okay, great. And then I did it again and again and again. Well, guess what happened? I think you know where we're going with this. And every single test, <laughs> Pound Yen was winning and not by a little, <laughs> by a lot. I'm like, oh, look at this nice balanced portfolio of currency pairs. But, you know, the reason I'm making money is really due to one thing. Um, And so I just got, you know, after years and years, literally, of testing all the pairs, you know, we're talking about in the last, I don't know, 12, 14, 16 months, maybe less than that. But I don't don't look anymore. What I do now is take an idea and I run it across different timeframes of the pound yen. But it's it, I, I very rarely look at anything else now in Forex testing. So it's, it's very much sort of like saying you, you've essentially said every forex market or virtually every forex market is different, and you're just going to look at one market which has its own unique style, and but you'll find the same patterns across the different timeframes for that particular market. Is that is that does that hold true in terms of like? you do see the same pattern occurring and with, you know, you can, if, if you're testing on a four hour, you can see the same result or a similar result on a one hour or, a, or an eight hour or something like that. Well, it's interesting. I, I know exactly where you're going and I, I don't think that's exactly what I do, but the results are exactly what you say. Um, for example, I, tra- I trade and test and, and update results and all that stuff on 15, one hour, four hour and daily. I've got maybe 40 systems that I mean, I've really spent time on that I track. I don't trade them all, but I track them and I release that to members and so forth. And once a year, you know, I update that, whatever. So I don't look for a pattern, like say a a certain pattern on the 15 and then do the same pattern on the four hour, for example. But I will trade a breakout strategy that starts on the 15, but goes for a massive profit target. And I will take trade a breakout on the four hour that also goes for a massive profit target. So the and then after 20 years of testing, they kind of end up the same, even though it's not exactly the same pattern. But it's surprising that if you're going if you're trying to follow the trend and going for big wins, uh, you'll find some similarities that no matter where you start, you can it's just different ways to get to that big win, whether you're breaking out on a four hour chart, 15 minute chart or daily chart. Folks, I'm excited to tell you about my new sponsor, Black Bull Markets. They are based here in New Zealand and they're a New Zealand regulated broker who offers up to 500 to 1 leverage and over 26,000 tradable instruments. You can trade Forex, shares, commodities, indices, crypto, and they're an award-winning brokerage firm here in Asia Pacific with dedicated 24-7 client support and no minimum deposit. To trade with Black Bull Markets today, click the link in the description below or in the card above. Okay, and so so you, you're like when you when you're coming up with these you know because there's a big thing around you know keeping your strategies robust especially around algo trading and not curve fitting not over optimizing them mm-hmm. i mean the irony is like you know how does this not sort of factor into anyone who's manual trading as well because it should in theory uh so how do you um how do you sort of when you're testing out a strategy concept 
be it a breakout or something, what do you do to make sure you don't get a curve fit slash non-robust output? And that's the question, right? That's the big fear. That's, I get emails on that all the time. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. Traders are so worried. We're, we're such a worrisome bunch, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's how I combat it personally. Number one, you take a timeless concept that's always going to be true. So if trends exist, now, I guess there could come a day where the pound yen doesn't trend anymore, okay? I, I mean, we've gone 20 years or more, and it's still trending, so whatever. When is Apple going to stop trending? I mean, it's still trending um, since 2004. But anyway, um, so yes, if you take a timeless concept, your chances of it working next year are pretty good because for my system to stop working or at least producing profit, not going to win every trade, blah, blah, blah. But the pound yen would have to go into a range and then never leave. And that would be a problem. Then I'd have to find something else that trends. I don't know what would cause that. It's been in a range lately. The Bank of Japan is really playing, doing some shenanigans and it stays in a range. But guess what? What happens when it stays in a range? It breaks out. So number one, start with a timeless concept. Number two is I don't ever take the best results. I I I test for consistency. I don't test for profit. So what I want to see is I, I want to look at the 20-year back test and I want to say, I don't want five losing years and then three massive years. And I will turn down the most profit over and over and over again, as opposed to this worked in 2008, this worked in 2009, this worked in 2016, which was the cra- crazy pound Brexit year, British pound Brexit year. Did a trade in 2018, did a 2020. Now we have a, an anomaly. And now 2022 with the bearish, first bearish market that some people have ever seen. And all I want to see is some consistency. I don't need it to make a million dollars. So that's my other one. And then my third one is, and it's the best back testing method ever invented. And we're going to reveal it here with just me and you. And that is test a strategy and then leave it alone and just watch it. That's it. Just watch it trade for a year. I guarantee you'll find out, oh, that's that's turned ugly in a hurry. Or, hey, you know, it's holding up. I mean, I, I when I write my newsletter, you know, I will start talking about strategies that could be like six or eight years old. And they've just been sitting on my computer doing nothing. And then I'll be embarrassed because they're just doing incredibly good. And, so, so, you, and, so when you say that, you mean like, so you'll basically test the strategy, go, okay, this one made money out of 20 years. It made money out at like 17 of them. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't care how much money it made, but it did made money every year for 17 years. I then chuck that on a VPS and then mm-hmm. hit play and just let it run or a, or a dedicated You can do it server. that way. Yeah. And I trade it and I'm going to try to trade more and more strategies live, or I'm literally going through and updating it every month on a back tester. Now people will freak out and say, oh, back testing's not real life. Well, for me, it always has been real life. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, if you have 99% data and you don't have a, a very complicated strategy, you know, my tested results have always almost exactly mirrored my real life. So I can either A, just let it run in the background, like exactly like you said, which I do on TradeStation and I do on, on MT4 sometimes too. Um, but or I'm just constantly testing and constantly looking at it and how did it do and how did it do? So oh, yeah, wow. either way, either one of those is a great way to do it. And then just check back in on it six months, one so month. You, one oh, okay, right. So when so so you might just so you develop the strategy, say in uh in June, and then you might go back and test it 
on the data from June till December or or January and go, okay, well, that's six months. How did it go over that six-month period? Oh, it kept making money. Eh. At, at what point would you say, let's now, now I actually want to put real you know, capital behind it and stuff like that. So we have enough confidence that it would would uh, succeed going going even further forward. Uh, this, I have two answers to that. Num- number one is, and, and I've also written about it, that uh, my new philosophy is building more and more. I used to be, I want to be very focused and I still am uh, to a point. But there was uh, an entrepreneur, you know, a hundred millionaire, whatever, talking about, you know, what strategies does he use to acquire clients? And the answer was all of them, like do all the tactics, do all of them. And that's where I'm heading. Every single good idea, I want to be trading live. Um, That's my goal. So my best right now, I have five of my best ideas. I would love to get that as long as it's reasonable and I don't start losing track of stuff. I would like to start trading more and more and more and more. Um, so that's one way just to check up on it. Um, and then I don't remember my second answer. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, well, another question I was going to ask was like, what's, so if, if you're looking, you're not looking at the one that makes the most money, what are oh, right. what metrics are you looking at in terms of, you know, finding right. a strategy then and, going, okay. That right. And what right. would get me to switch? Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. part two. Um, well, Here's the thing. I've got on my site, I'm tra- I'm starting to track now all sorts of robots so people can play along. Every month I go in and I go and I go to my desk, my data, which I trust, and I update it every month so we can all watch along together. They can watch a strategy burn out, flame out right in front of their very eyes, or they can watch something that's good. All right. And I give away, many of them are free. I give away all the settings because you know we're all in this together. I want us to make money. Uh, so I'm looking at these strategies and they just destroy, you know, in the contest year, I've got these, let's call them old school. And they're they're at least eight years old, I think, six to eight years old. They're based on the old turtles. They're just breakout. They're so simple. And they're just break. I haven't done a thing to them in years. And they are just destroying for two years straight now. Still going. They're just, it's unbelievable. So why am I not training them? Well, they, the drawdown historically is bigger than what I'm trading now. So in my mind, I'm like, I see you. I see you old school. I understand. But the ones I have right now, their drawdown is less. It's going to be less painful because when you're trading simple old strategies, they're going to draw down. You're going to have a losing year. You know, I my tested portfolio right now doesn't have any losing years, but it has barely winning years. So, you know, practically break even years, but no actual red years. So right now it would take my strategies to have a similar drawdown, to have a losing year just like the old school or something along those lines, or maybe another a, few, a, a year or two more of that old school type of robot doing well. But until the drawdown is equal, I'm not super tempted to switch, but every day I feel like that's a dumb decision. Every day I feel right. like I should be trading them. Right, okay. And, and in terms of like, you know, drawdown and keeping your drawdown manageable across let's say 14 strategies or whatever you're trading live with now, how do you do that? What's your sort of methodology? Well, here's the only, I mean, the only bad part of trading right now for me is living in the United States. I love the United States. The United States is great in many, many ways. But guess what? The United States does not allow you to trade more than one pound yen strategy in the same account. Oh, so really? if I have five <laughs> that I like, 
I have to have five different VPSs, right? Or one VPS, oh. but five different charts. So I have five different instant. And so if I go to 10, that's 10 different MT4s running. And if I go to 20, that's 20 different. So the drawdown, then I'd have to go, you know, one drawdown here, drawdown here, drawdown uh, here. Like right. it's not in one account. So I would just basically say, you know, they all started with 10,000. I'd say, oh, well, you know, they're down. That one's down 1,000. That one's up 3,000, that whatever. So, and then I'd have to aggregate that all the way across. So it's it's more complicated than I wish it was. Um, that's probably prevented me from trading 30, you know, right now. But that's how I do it. Honestly, I just set up five and I just watch them and I add them up. <laughs> and what about correlation in terms of like, you know, with one pair, being the sole focus i mean obviously if something happens with the jpy as you mentioned before and uh, you know the i think something happened yesterday with it where there was an announcement and the yep. price just spiked rapidly in about a minute what what mm -hmm. happens how do you sort of account for that it, and it's something i used to worry about all the time because <laughs> you know why it's not very diversified whatever um but this is this is what I and it's just the math. It doesn't make sense to me necessarily, but all five of my strategies are trend following in nature. A uh, couple use indicators, and some just use breakouts of some form or another. Right? You would think <laughs> that those would be so correlated, and that the drawdowns would exaggerate in bad times and would explode in good times, and that's just trend following, and that would be fine. But surprisingly enough, because I guess they're just different enough. And there are different time frames, so I have diversified across that. Uh, but they work together very well. Like they aren't correlated that much. You know, I'm looking. I looked at the five earlier today, and they're doing different things, even though they're all based on following trends and big targets. So I have yet to see any problem with that. But my mind says I should be having problems with that. But the math doesn't say it, and I haven't experienced it yet. So I guess we'll have to meet again, and I'll tell you. That yeah, yeah. So, so what about? Uh, I mean, it sort of brings me to think about time frame. I mean, have you got strategies running on different time frames within yeah. JPY? Yeah. yeah. Um, fifteen, which is weird because a fifteen-minute chart seems like that's a fast-moving, noisy, but it's going for breakouts, and just happens to be on a fifteen-minute chart, so it's a little bit. If you do it on an hour chart, maybe the robot looks at it too late. If you do it on a four-hour chart, but I have four hours and, and day, like I said. So, um, but yeah, there are different time frames from fifty uh, or fifteen. Sorry, uh, one, two, three, and then one-hour chart. I, well, that might not be true. Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen and one hour. Sorry, yeah, fifteen. So, and one so, hour. so mm -hmm. even though you test on four-hour and daily, most of your trades are, or strategies are based on fifteen and one hour. Yeah, and I'm mad about it because the four-hour and dailies work great, but the drawdowns are a little bit bigger, so I haven't chosen them yet. Okay. And and what about, um, you mentioned indicators there. So how many out of all your strategies are using indicators, or and are they solely based on indicators or a bit of both? What's the matrix uh, or mix look like? Yeah, two of them are strictly indicators. An indicator says this, and I get in. That's it. Uh, then three of them are based on breakouts. If it if it goes above the high, a previous high, then it gets in. So three are indicator or two are indicator based and three are breakout based. And are the, are the indicator based ones better than the breakouts or does it matter? I think about that all the time. <laughs> um, initially, the breakout ones were better. What does better mean? A little bit more profit, a little less drawdown. Um, but the indicator ones since 2022 started, they've been great. Great, which I I wouldn't have expected that either. Uh, so right now, indicators are doing. We're talking about right now, last three four months, indicators are doing better. Um, but 
overall, by the slimmest of margins, uh, the price action breakouts are a little bit better when you look at profit and drawdown. And, and when you when you come up with like a uh, a theory or a concept, like I'm going to do this a breakout, and this is what it's going to you know this is how the, how the strategy is going to work. These are the rules. Um, my stop loss is going to go here, or I'm going to get out when it goes here. I'm going to take profit at this point. Do you build variate or variables into your robots so that you can you know well maybe my stop loss needs to be you know could be let's say it's 100 pips could be 150 pips could it be 200 would you test all those different variations or would you just say i'm going into this with a stop loss of you know 10 atr or whatever it is um and then a take profit is going to exit when it crosses the moving average very simple kind of strategy but that kind of thing or have you got um, or are you just you know coming up with a theory and then testing out variations of the stop loss, the entry, the take profit filters, and that sort of thing? Uh, I the first time I came up with this, this was 2018, 2019, that had led to what I'm trading today. I've been trading it since then, that time period too. Um, it started with all sorts of, I mean, I tested everything, you know. Back then I thought more is better. Uh, and I continued to think that. And then when I tr first tested a breakout, just breaking above the high, um, it worked so well. <laughs> I mean, worked phenomenally. But yes, it the winning percentage again is not very high. But as far as long term profit and long term viability, it was so great. You know, I tested stop losses all the way, from, you know, from fifty pips up to a thousand pips. And you know, I would test profit targets too. At first, I didn't want to use profit targets because trend followers don't want you to. But in forex, it's perfectly fine to use a profit target. So I do a small target, do a big target. And what I found is when you when you're using a trending instrument, pound yen, or even if you test the Bitcoin ETF, uh, hard to test for me anyway. I don't have Bitcoin data for the whole thing, but you know, or Apple or something like that. Um, you kind of if you just put maybe three to one, four to one. I mean, you can go down to two to one, but if you generally have a big profit target that's bigger than your stop, which is, I mean, that's as old as time. I mean, how many times have we heard that? then you don't have to be too specific. 100 pips, 150 pips, 200 pips. Honestly, if you're going for 300 or 400 pips on your target, it, it they're all pretty good. Like when I run a test, for example, you know, and you get results, I'll see profitability. I mean, for 30, 50, 40, like they're all profitable. Like you can almost throw a dart and pick one. And I end up just trying to pick one with a drawdown that I like. But when you're going for big profit targets and using trend following strategies, like you don't have to, it's gotten rid of my pickiness to say the least. Uh, you don't have to be so precise. Tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts? Introducing my Robot Builders Club. With our platform, you can build bots in minutes, not weeks, without any coding required. Get lifetime access to my video course, VIP community, and over 40 ready-made robots. Works with MT4 or MT5, and as a bonus, you'll get three months access to my Robot Lab, where we build and test bots on live calls every week. Join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter, not harder. Click the link in the description to learn more, get the free training, and download a free robot. And what about like sample size of trades? I mean, how many trades are you looking at over, let's say, for example, a year to give you confidence that, you know, this is this is going to be something I'd, I'd actually use? Uh, I'm guessing like if you get one trade a year and you're doing a 20-year test, you've got 20 trades, your confidence is going to be quite low. So, I mean, what's your number? What's my number? <laughs> uh, well, honestly, though, if we're going to switch over and talk about stocks. I would take 20 to 50 trades for sure. You know, trading a daily or a weekly system based on a trend following methodology that made sense with a big profit target. 
100% I would take that easily. But in the Forex market and generally in testing, I love 500 trades. I love that. I, um, generally, my strategies show between 500 and 1200 trades lifetime. So I'm perfectly fine with that. I found that does translate into the real world. Um, but again, if we we're talking about a different instrument, I probably you could talk me into 20 to 50 trades on some things right. if they're long term. Okay, so 500 is the the magic number. And and what about Pretty things much. like a time of day, day of the week? Do you go into the detail around testing that and excluding days, excluding hours, that sort of thing? Done, uh, yeah, done all of that. <laughs> to done all of that till my eyeballs got blurry. Um, there is something in the Forex market about trading when the Americans trade <laughs> for some reason. Um, so yeah. if the Americans are moving what between like 9:30 and then they start petering out around 12. Um, there are systems that I've built just for the New York Open. Uh, it seems that that's when people get excited about who knows what, even though it's been going 24 hours a day and we've got London traders, we've got Asia traders. I mean, all of those are big traders. I get it. But there's something about the chart that happens before noon Eastern. It's crazy. But I also have systems that just trade whenever the signal comes and it doesn't matter. Um, so I, I used to think... I used to have a bias for maybe trying to trade when the Americans trade or New York, but I, I don't anymore. I'm I'm fine with a signal now, especially if you're using an indicator. Just when that indicator fires, that's fine with me. Mm. And, and would you like, I suppose, go into it coming up with a system that is going to trade the New York session versus uh, coming up with a concept and then going, oh, let's just see if it works better in New York, London, Asia, or that sort of thing? Yeah, I've tried all the different types of days for going for big targets and pre-noon works the best for me. And now again, that's it may not be true for someone else, all right? I'm not saying it's the right and wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I went into that. I, I figured out that concept, you know, trading when the when New York trades, this was, you know, several years ago, maybe three, four years ago. And now I, I look for it. I'm like, huh, this is, let's see. But I found that, especially if you're using a trend-following instrument like the pound-yen, Again, it, it doesn't matter. So yeah, I, I look for it, but it's not mandatory anymore. I've done a lot more testing lately and that's not based on the New York Open. And it's also been good, uh, especially when you get into four hour and daily, you don't necessarily need to do that anymore. Um, and, and what about day of week? Are you like sort of seeing you know, if, if Monday's bad, do I just turn off Monday on that particular strategy? Mm -hmm. I used to care about that so much and I don't anymore. Uh, I, I just don't want to miss a trend. So I'm in Monday to Sunday, you know, or Sunday, I guess Sunday to Friday would be a better way to put that. No, I, I have excluded. I made a counter trend strategy um, years ago, almost a decade ago that excluded a day. I think it was Tuesday, uh, but it got rid of a day of the week. I've said, well, Friday is terrible because that's for the weekend. And then Monday is, it feels psychologically like Monday stinks. But then you look at the numbers and Monday doesn't stink, at least in my system. So, no, I don't exclude anything. I have done that, though, quite a bit, quite a bit, but I don't right. anymore. And, and what about like order types? Are you setting limit orders, stop orders, or just getting in at the market? I would love more than anything to use limit orders. <laughs> and, but I just don't, I can't, I can't make the back testing show up in real life. I've tried it. I've built one or two. And I would trade it live with a small size. Immediately, the tester took it and the real life didn't. So it's like, I don't know what I'm going to get. So if I could, <laughs> or, if I, or if I was a discretionary trader, I'd use limit orders. I love them to death. 
but all of my robots now just get in at the market. Um, okay, so in at the market, right? So it, 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 limit orders and penny well, penny orders as a whole stop all limit. Uh, uh, you got it, that extra decision to make, which I find is an issue where you've got to go, when do I cancel the order? Yeah, like what point do you cancel the order? Because it's like, well, how long is the setup valid for? So then you've got all these things you've got to think about. It's, it's such such a such a pain. Um, yeah. right. So, so what about? I mean, I don't know if we got the answer to this one around the metric that you like the most to determine whether or not this is a strategy you'll go ahead with. Have you got like something like profit factor or another kind of metric that you use? Profit factor is great. Uh, perfectly fine to use that. Um, I've used, if you have a lot of testing, I like max profit divided by max drawdown. You get a number. I like that. But that's not really relevant if you're looking at a shorter term, like just trading the past couple of years, because you never know. I mean, you'd have to have a lot of data to use that, which you know I generally test long term. Uh, honestly, what I what I like is what is what are the yearly returns over the past 20 years? And I just like to look at that. I'm very long-term, uh, at least in my thinking. So I don't really care what today does or next month or even the next six months, but I would like to have confidence that, you know, at the end of every 12-month period, I'm doing okay. So that's my favorite actually, but profit factor 100% is, is excellent to use. I found, you know, in the 1.4, I've seen strategies work for a long time at 1.2, 1.3 on a profit factor. 1.4 is great. Higher is better, as most people will tell you. But uh, stocks and stock strategies, you know, I've seen profit factors of eight, you know, it's whatever, and they're fine too. Uh, but generally speaking, I'm just looking at the drawdown distribution. That's my favorite. Right. And and what about like you? I mean, you mentioned you know yearly return. What would be a sort of I want it to beat this much per year to give me confidence that like you know I'm going to keep running this bot. What's the what's the minimum sort of yearly return you want to see? Or the minimum average, I suppose. Yeah, boy, <laughs> that's a tough one because I used to be so scared of everything that you know I did. Like, well, I would look at my max drawdown first because I was so scared and like, oh, you know, the max drawdown is ten thousand dollars. So I better trade this on a thirty thousand dollar account because what if I draw down ten? At least I'm safe that way, and then you make four pennies. You know, you have to you have to take on some risk. Yeah. Um, I don't I I I don't want to say but I'm going to say I would like to see the potential for 100% year in the testing. Now that's comes with a big drawdown. So please everybody, please be careful. That means that I'm willing to accept a 50% drawdown or you know an outrageous amount of right. drawdown which most people can't take 1% drawdown, right? Um but in my testing, I would like to see the ability to double my money at least once. Not every year, of course not every year. But I'd like to have the potential of having, oh, if I have a banner year, I'd love to see it double. So that's where I start. That doesn't I can I can take the size down from there. But in my testing, that's what I like to see. And do you have like a, a strategy that's sort of been one that's performed the best for you over the long term and and or is it just a portfolio of them? The Best, and we may have even talked about it. It's been years past. The best strategy I've ever tested uh, is called the Hornet. And I spent 2,500 hours developing it. It was my first real attempt at it. Um, that's still by far my favorite strategy. And I do not trade it anymore because I can't trade it in the US. Um, the spreads are just too wild. It's, it goes for a very small profit target. And the 15-minute chart uses the RSI indicator. 
Um, the win percentage is in the 70, 80%. If, 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 if it traded like it tested with no slippage, right? No yeah. five, five PM Eastern where the, it goes, the spreads go to 20, 30 pips, no Sunday night where I'm trying to get out and a winner turns into a loser because the spreads are 20, 30 pips. If it just traded the way it's supposed to trade, I'm going to get upset, Cam. Um, <laughs> that's by far. And it was a negative risk to reward. You know, it's, it's 14 pips and a 50 pip stop. Um, but that has continued to work. It's not perfect, but it's continued to work on my testing. But I haven't traded it live in years because I just can't. Like, there's no way. Uh, winners turn it like, oh, I got 15 pips. No, I didn't. I had a loser. I mean, I can't trust that. So yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, my second favorite is what I do now. Huge targets, trend following, any sort of breakout trend following or any sort of indicator that goes for big targets. I love them and uh, I'm going to love them for the rest of my life, I think. And I suppose, does that mean that you can sort of, well, with the trend following stuff, you can av avoid having to worry about yeah, the, the slippage and the, the spread and, and the cost of the, the trade because you're in a trade for much longer if you're winning and it just soaks up any any kind of you know discrepancy that the broker's putting on you yeah i i said so many bad hours of worrying about spread i had i had programmers that are the best programmers i could find help me and build in slippage and don't get out if the slippage is this and that and i could not make it work nobody's fault the market was just too wild um, it didn't happen when I was at TradeStation. I don't know why. You know, years ago, TradeStation had Forex. It doesn't anymore. You know, I made 100%, over 100% in a year with this robot and TradeStation. Everything was fine. I had no problems. As soon as I couldn't use TradeStation's broker, I don't know if it was gain. I, I forget who it was. But since then, it's just not been feasible. Um, but yes, going trend following, I don't ever don't look at slippage it. ever. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't come into play. And, and if you had to sort of, you know, say you'd, Built, you, you had your theory, you built your strategy, and you're now going to go and test it. What's your process around, like, start to finish, here's the first thing I'm going to do, here's the next thing, here's the next thing, here's the next thing, to the point where you're, you're either happy with, you know, the results or you've been it. And what's the sort of, geez, I'm asking so many questions here. <laughs> what's the sort of um, decision-making factor around I'm going to bin it versus I'm going to keep it? Well, I've got, you know, I'm a serial tester. <laughs> I think yeah, you know exactly what I mean. I think you're along the same lines. Yeah. I have so many now of different different versions of trend following, different versions of all sorts of things. I mean, sitting on my computer, there's so many that right now I can just go back and cycle through old ones over and over again, you know, like we talked about earlier and don't even have to come up with any ideas. You know, I just let a strategy sit for five years and then come back and see how it's doing. Like, oh, all right. Well, that worked for five years. Maybe I should incorporate that. I do so much of my learning based on what happened in the past and how I can update that here. Um, so my process to sit down for just get a new strategy is going to be an old strategy. That's number one. That's the first thing I do right. is yeah. do something I did a bunch of years ago and forgot about or just have been ignoring because I'm only one person and I'm dumb. My second would be I'm very idea based now, whereas before I was much more on the data data mining side where I'm, I don't know what I want, but I'm going to start testing and I will find something. I will find a pattern. Now it would be an idea. Okay. I want to go for, I want to use this indicator. I want to go for three to one ratio. And then I would say, well, what if I added this filter or what if I used even, you know, multiple time for, you know, that sort of thing. But I would start right now, if I were to start one tomorrow, I think, okay, find me something that trends. 
give me a big profit target. Now, how do I want to enter? Well, I want to enter this way. And then I just go. And I, I don't even test to the target. I would have an arbitrary target, you know, 400 pips and 200 pips stop, for example, and then just go and then start tweaking. Yeah, my, my testing has calmed down dramatically. I still do a ton, but it's so much simpler now because I have the old things to build off of and my I'm very idea-based now. And so when you say start tweaking, what what kind of tweaking would you be doing? Just would you be trying to get to that point where you see that double, you know, double digit or sorry, sorry, account double in the um, 100% growth, should I say, in the year in one of the tests? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, well, I'd like to see that. And then, but I don't want to see, you know, I don't want say it has a $10,000 year and as a hypothetical $10,000 account. Well, I don't want to see a $10,000 or $12,000 draw, you know, something even more than my account. So I would look at that too. You know, I'm not just looking at the wins. Yeah. I would look at, you know, are, are there, are there any really big red years? Um, but that's what I would look at. I'd say, okay, so I start with 400 and 200 and I do a breakout and, you know, a new indicator, Keltner channel, I don't, something like that. Okay. How does it work out? You know? Okay. Well, in the pound yen, which is where I look first, second, third, fourth, and fifth, you know, maybe Euro yen after that, or even whatever, then I would say, okay, how does it go? And I'd look at the 20 year back test and I'd say, Oh, well, you know, that's, it's got a little bit of a drawdown in 2012. So how about if the stop loss isn't 200? What if it's 150? Mm-hmm. And then I run it that way, you know, but it's, 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 it's more, I'm looking at it. You know, I'm just curious, but I don't really want to get away from the framework of big profit target, big stop. So I don't stray too far, if that makes sense. Dude, is that is yeah, that and explainable it, it, or understandable? Yeah, I think I understand that. And, and at what point would you sort of discard or stop working on that particular strategy? I when, when's it sort of, you know, run its course and you've gone, well, I, I can't get this thing to do anything now so i'm done yeah. yeah too many losing years probably you know just right. that or or one just massively losing years you know i can even handle a small losing year but i'm I'm just thinking about okay I, there's no way i could live through this there's no way i could live through a drawdown that big you know you're going to see drawdowns during the year even in a winning year you're going to see a month or two or three drawdowns but something that's just outrageously large i'm like you know, I have other things that don't draw down that big. So you're out of here, buddy. Yeah. And, and what about like if somebody, uh, I suppose to, to wrap, wrap up the show here, because I've asked a lot of questions. Um, if somebody was going to start down this road and wanted to like get into this stuff, uh, what would be your, you know, recommended course of action? I, are we, well, we're talking about Forex or are we don't about, well, talking about just, I suppose, I suppose looking to automate something and, and find a, uh, an automated solution for what their, their manual trading strategy or their manual trading ideas or just their ideas in general. Um, they've got like, they'd sort of know how the market works and they're thinking, well, I, I can't actually execute on half of these things because I just don't have the time. So I need, if I have a robot, then I've got a robot doing the work for me. And I can get that idea done and and see if it actually can just make money whilst I'm doing my normal manual trading. That kind of person who's like, I want to delve in here and I don't know where to, you know, what what steps would I need to take? Well, a couple of things. Number one is highly, highly recommend robot trading. I fell in love with robot trading 2012 and never looked back. Uh, I have branched out and, and opened accounts for discretionary trading, but that's just very recent. You know, I went a decade pretty much with not worrying about anything discretionary. So definitely worth your while, number one. Number two is how do I get started? Well, you'd have to find, oh man, you'd have to find someone you trust. I, I would go buy a robot. Of course, I sell robots, so that's disingenuous to a point. But 
you know, I post results on my site. So find someplace like, or something like, you know, what I'm trying to do and trying to be transparent and look at the results for a month, two months, or even a year, find something that, you know, you can trust that someone's trying to do honestly and not trying to trick you and make a sale, you know, um, and then, and then say, okay, well, this was automated. Um, so, it's it's done this. Oh, look, it, it does lose, but oh, in the end, it does, you know, the big profit targets make up for it. And then consider with small trade size, getting someone else's and trying it. Hmm. The other way, though, if, if that's still too scary, you can go on the big time frames, whether it's Forex or anything else. Go to a four, you know, there are I give away free strategies in my newsletter all the time that are based on four hour and daily. You don't need a robot to trade them. Like you can see them coming a mile away and it wouldn't be any trouble at all. So take a robot, but it's so easy to trade because some of the rules, I, I'm I'm still shocked at how simple the rules can be to make money if you're trend following. And then just honestly, you, you know, say, okay, well, I'm going to trade a four hour chart live. It trades once a week or maybe once every other week. And then, okay, I did it myself. Let's automate it. So those two, get someone that you trust and try it or take something long-term that you can handle easily and then just automate it from there. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, look, ho hopefully folks here uh, got a ton of value out of this. I know I did. Um, and can apply some of this either to your manual trading or if you are an auto trader, then you can apply it to that. Or if you're even looking at getting into it, you know what to do now. So um, Scott, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? GotWellStrategies.com. Please come. And I do have a YouTube channel that's got well strategies so yeah either way free stuff on both so uh you can go either place yeah well, guys go and check that out and we also did uh record i mean we've been on the show a couple of times already so you can go and check those previous interviews out if you want to learn a bit more about scott and what he's done and i think it, we even did a video last time where you brought we came up with strategy and i think you even did a challenge as well you did one of the I think we did a challenge yeah. yeah we did all um, sorts of stuff yeah, so look, a big thank you to Scott for sharing with us today. Everything discussed here, along with all those links, are in the show notes to find them. Simply search for Scott in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my uh, listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, interview done and dusted with Scott Welsh. Now, do remember, if you are looking to automate anything that you do, either coming up with ideas and just making them into strategies or just even semi-automated stuff, then I do recommend checking out my Robot Builders Club. Now, as I said, there's a few other things in there. A $1 trial of the Robot Lab Live. There's uh, the Boot Camp, which is a lot cheaper than Robot Builders Club, and then Ro Robot Builders Club as well. So worthwhile checking out those on tradingnut.com. Other things, we've got that video coming up where I try and make five grand in a week. And the last but not least, if you are wanting to come on the Trading Nut live streams, there's an opportunity to do it, taking part in a Fidel Crest challenge. So all you need to do is go on there, uh, register underneath the video or in the podcast description. Tell me about yourself, about your, your channel, show me a little video, and we could get you here on the Trading Nut channel in the future. All right, folks, enough from me. Thank you for watching and we'll see you in the next episode or video.